Mashers, what's going on? We got a special episode today. Um, the first female guest. She's been in the game for a very long time. Uh, everyone, welcome Michelle. And here she is. Yo, yo, you there? Yep. All right, we're live. We're live. Great. How are you? How are you? I'm doing all right. I uh, actually got out a bit earlier than I intended today. So that's good. Drinking some good wine. How yeah. are you? Yeah, what'd you guys do today? Um, there was a lot of repair. I had to be on the floor a good bit to do that. Um, some pump repair. Yeah, Working that's, through some steam piping no issues. <laughs> always yeah. pump repair. That and always just once some sort of shit hits the fan, it all has to. Oh, yeah. Just to make I everyone's mean, life easier. Yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as, like, one problem um, that doesn't just affect the rest of the entire fucking brewery, does it? No, it. it God doesn't like brewers. <laughs> oh, that, hey, that's not um, true. That is not true. <laughs> he loves them. We're his favorite people. Uh, yeah, I believe it. I know it, and I believe it. Um, but, yeah, it does uh, get to be a real pain in the ass sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... Brewing, it's worth the pain in the ass. But uh, yeah, go I ahead agree. and go ahead and give uh, give us a little quick rundown of you know who you are, what you do, and, and just kind of a little quick backstory for the listeners. Okay, well, I am Michelle McHugh. Um, I have been in brewing for nine and a half years. Um, I currently am serving as the brewmaster and quality manager until I hire a quality manager um, later this year at a brewery in Virginia. Um, I'm not sharing the names because I do a lot of consulting work too, so I just keep that on the DL. <laughs> Wait, so you're just um, like kind of like part-time working there? Or, no, or no, not, not part-time, but but like, uh, so it is your, like you're, you've been there for that long? I've been there, no, no, no. I've been there for about a year. Um, oh, okay. But I just, I'm just keeping the name out because I also do consulting work and I just. Oh, okay. Like, that makes it sense. It works better. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, but uh, like nine and a half years ago, I walked into a small contract facility in Northern Virginia, um, Beltway Brewing, RIP. Uh, RIP Beltway. Uh, yeah. I, I know a lot of people that came out of there that are very grateful for kind of the, the educational, I don't want to say playground, but uh, facility it was and just at that experience. But anyway, um, I went in there and I had seen a few months prior that they were looking for vo volunteers for uh, the bottling line and which is totally not okay to do anymore. <laughs> I don't yeah, think it's ever okay. I but, don't know, you know too many people bottling still. <laughs> Free labor. Um, but I uh, went and talked to the bartender who was, or beer tender who was in the tap room and told her that I was interested. I didn't know a ton. I had never homebrewed or anything, but I had a respect and interest that was growing for just the process and the understanding there was a craft and like artsmanship um, involved and just a respect for like manual labor. So um, she she bought it and let me know when to come in to volunteer. And so I volunteered one day and then within two weeks I was full time. Um, and then about another two or three weeks after that, my coworker at the time asked if I wanted to help in the lab. 
And my exact response was, shit, yeah, the science of beer. Oh, um, yeah. Is that, was that kind of always uh, what you'd envisioned, or envisioned like it, this more the science part than like stirring a fucking pot? Not necessarily. It was just kind of, I was so enthralled by all of it. And I, I'm super, super neurodivergent and ADHD. And so any dopamine hit, it's like, <laughs> it's seriously, it's something that you really are interested in you will learn oh, of and look course. up and hyper fixate every detail of it and every facet of, of the industry. So that's, I happened to go into the lab at that time frame, but um, I did every job there. Uh, and I was um, the one training everyone in the cellar and packaging and barrel work and all of that stuff when I left there. Um, and then I went on to Union Craft Brewing in Baltimore um, I was there for close to five years. Um, I was, my title was quality control specialist the whole time I was there, but, um, it again was just a mixed bag. I was, I wasn't really doing much work on the floor until I took over, um, the barrel aging program. Um, but yeah, just general quality management there, um, built a sensory program, um, built a mixed firm program all that kind of stuff. And then I that, went to that was, in, that was in Baltimore? Yep. What's what's the are or, or I guess how far are you from Baltimore now? Uh without traffic, which is never the case. Yeah. Uh, is like <laughs> is like an hour and 10 minutes. Dude, my my homie uh he he's the owner at Mobtown Brewing. You ever go there? Oh, really? Yeah, I know them well. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, dude. I met Dave on a rooftop at CBC in Nashville one time when he was still brewery and planning. And Dave is quite the character. <laughs> oh, I know. He's a... Uh, Just say, I've had some good guy. Okay. Have you? Cool, cool, cool. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I met him at a rooftop when he was still brewery and planning, and he's actually, fr like, he's from Kansas or something, or he has family in Kansas, which I feel like is that... always the case when you meet someone. They have, like, yeah, some type say. of tie to Kansas. <laughs> and then, like... That sounds right. And then, like five years later, uh, he's coming. I'm having a mental health brew fest uh, in two weeks, and uh, oh, really? Yeah, and he's it's my third year, and he's came two of the three years, and he just loves coming from Baltimore out here and pouring beer. Obviously, I mean, he's got family too, so it's like two stones. Yeah. Um, well, can you? We can take this offline, but what are the details of that? And oh, I just so um, pretty much like three years ago, like tw or I guess 2021. I was kind of mm -hmm. like thought to myself, you know, I care about mental health and this and that. And I was, I was actually, yeah. a so, or I was going to be a social worker before I got into brewing, believe it or not. I have a uh -huh. degree in social work. And, uh, and then I was like, well, shit, I mean, I've always been kind of good at throwing parties. Like I want to throw a, yeah. a, a <laughs> fucking rager and just make it all about, you know, I don't feel, you know, there's charities for, you know, puppies and, um, yeah you know, cancer and, and Alzheimer's and things like that. But I was like, why is there no, uh, beer fest for mental health? Like, like there's plenty yeah. of charities and things like that. And, um, I think the, so, the one thing, and I'm sure, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm no, you're, sure you're, it's you're, obvious to you as well. I think people, a lot of people are uncomfortable with number one within our industry, understanding how important that is. But number two, alcohol is a drug oh it's, <laughs> and it's it's yeah very very bad for mental health yeah but we all are where we are so it's like use a platform that you have to 
to raise money. Money is going to help causes nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Well, I found out very quickly the first year I did it, I got turned away by probably like four or five charities because they're like, it's basically blood money. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit. I was like, you know, you're kind of right, but also can I yeah. like anonymously donate this or like... And they're like, we just can't take it. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, okay. I mean, I understand, yeah. but it, so it is like a tricky thing, but, but yeah. Like, I mean, it's worth the effort to do to get, to get any kind of money and awareness. Oh, sure. And, and like the money's, the money's cool and everything, but what most people kind of come back to me for or with is like responses, like the donation, that's awesome. But the fact that, mm -hmm. like, just the awareness of it is yeah. more than any t any money could do. Um, just, like, having oh, it yeah. out there. Because, like you're saying, in our industry, you know, alcohol is technically a depressant, right? Or is labeled oh, as yeah. a depressant? It's, it's a problem, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, and, you know, we're, we have such access to it. And, and, you know, it could be used in so many different ways that... Um, yeah, I, yeah, I just really want to like tie something to that. So, and, yeah, well, and, let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you. Like, I mean, obviously, I, I sort just of in, remember seeing that on your Instagram a while ago, maybe last year's, but sure. I. Yeah, no, no. What we'll, we'll have to get you? To in, yeah, we'll have to get you in next year. I think we got like I got like thirty different states coming to Wichita, Kansas. Which you got to come to Wichita, Kansas, regardless of if you come to the well, fest yeah, or I'll not. Well, yeah, I'll come to attend. <laughs> <what I'm> <laughs> I uh, just want to attend it. So. Oh, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, oh, I guess we kind of verged off there, which is awesome. But, um, well, the ball, the, the, the ball, neurodivergence thing, neuro, yeah. neurodivergence thing, that's, <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Um, but no, I was, I was curious about the Baltimore, uh, craft beer scene and just kind of, I mean, obviously a massive city, but I just feel like Baltimore is one of those cities that like, what, what's the biggest brewery in Baltimore? Um, so by actual size and stature, it's Guinness. Um, however, they did shut down their production plant. They're now just operating out of um, a 10 hectoliter pilot system, essentially. How that much they are is that? I don't, I don't do hectoliters. I wish you wouldn't have asked me that because oh. <laughs> I was trying to sound fancy. <laughs> and I can never remember or do that conversion in my head. Um, well, but, well, yeah, 10 hectoliters. Yeah, so we'll cut out that last part. Sure. I'm kidding. You don't have to. Um, it's it's small. Uh, but that is their... So as far as like a corporation, that's the biggest. And then Flying Dog isn't... Well, Flying Dog's Frederick, so never mind. Um, Dewclaw. Both oh, of those Claw are no longer a thing. I feel like I've um, heard of Dewclaw. Dewclaw made Sweet Baby Jesus. Um back in the day which is like a peanut butter porter hmm. um and i know they got some fame for that and that actually is a, a recipe that my friend submitted to them from like a homebrew competition a long time ago and he didn't get any of the cut of it <laughs> but, oh oh they upscaled his uh recipe yeah. and they just completely cut him out of it yeah, I'll leave it at that. Um, Damn. But, <laughs> what? What? Do you? Do so, you? Or have you ever been a part of something like the uh, like scale up things in any brewery you've ever worked at? Oh, like an R and D program or something? No, no, like a scale up, like a home brewer competition, and they scale it up to a bigger, uh, bigger system. No, 
Um, the only thing I've kind of done, well, this sounds shitty, but in reality, that's what some contract brewing is. But um, that's, uh, yeah, where I've worked, it's only been people within the company making recipes and then having almost like a sales competition. Sure. Um, and then bumping it up to the bigger system. But, um, yeah, as far as Baltimore, the next biggest one is Union, where I worked. How many barrels were y'all doing um, here? When I left there, it was close to 14,000. And then now, because of COVID, I know that scaled back massively. Um, but the, they have the capacity there for somewhere around, like, 70. And a really, really beautiful 60-barrel Browcon. Hmm. Um, that just, COVID really screwed a lot of stuff. Anyways, oh, dude, I think COVID. it was just really overbuilding um, that happened there, but it's a really, really beautiful system. Sure. Um, and there are plenty of other, plenty of other breweries um, there. I mean, you have Monument City. They do really great work. Uh, Mob Town is there. Um, you have Checker Spot. There is um, Ministry of Brewing. I think it's a cool concept. Um, it's in a really pretty church. Oh, I've seen. That. I think I've seen that in a magazine before. Possibly. Is it? Yeah, like the um, brew house is like up on the. I think chapel on the altar. Altar chapel. Yeah. Is that the same thing? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't go to church that um, often. <laughs> I haven't gone in quite some time, but. Yeah, what else? I'm not. I'm forgetting. There's suspended brewing. Um, they do really good stuff. And then there are plenty of Baltimore County or like the surrounding counties. Uh, they have plenty of breweries there. Sure. Um, and Pariah. That's a that's an operation that took over Union's first location, and they their original brewery is in L.A. So I'm pretty sure they're still split. They're by coastal, but. Um, I've heard they do some good stuff there and I'm sure I'm missing like crucial. Oh no, no, no. I mean, I didn't, I didn't crucial need... ones. No, I my don't... friends will yeah. hit me up. They'll be like, how the <laughs> hell did you forget about me? No, no, no. I don't need you to list every single brewery in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, just Baltimore specific. Then in the County, the surrounding counties are definitely, um, definitely some good ones. Sure. Um, oh yeah. I was gonna, oh, fuck. I was gonna have you start out with that. Um, can you sing us a few bars or what? Oh God! <laughs> um, or how, how long you been singing? You said you were like a music musician, right? Yeah, I have been playing piano and guitar since I was a little kid. Can you still play piano? Like, pretty like, or obviously you still play it. Yeah. I yeah. I've always said like if I could just be the best in the world at something, it would be piano. Like just all mm -hmm. the fucking hotel lobbies you cross or co like come into to where it, I would yeah. love to just get on there and just hit a few keys and everyone would be like, well, one of two things. It's they'd be special. like, they'd be like, look at this asshole or wow, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> and you know what? Both of those people are going to be passing by. Right, right. Just... Um, yeah, I've, I've played since I was about eight years old. Oh, nice. And I've been singing since I was younger than that any ambitions um, like in a band or did you ever were you ever in a band 
No, I did in college. I did. Um, I was a singer for a jazz, like big band ensemble. Um, Where'd you go to I college? Have, <laughs> um, I shouldn't laugh like that because it's respectful. <laughs> I, am I was going to say. Classical, <laughs> I'm a classical voice major that didn't finish Northern Virginia Community College. Oh, hey, there is no shame in community college. I, I went to oh, community hell college. No, I, I just put that I just put that emphasis to it because there's the added element of when people ask what degree I got to do the work that I do. Oh, it's ne- it's like, oh, well, actually, <laughs> it's never I, it never matches up um, no. to brew science, which is obviously going to start getting big in college. But I think I put that on my Instagram one day, like what degree did everyone get? And obviously mm. now you're now you're in brewing. But what did you graduate with? And it was yeah, just all over. The, oh yeah, or didn't? Um, but yeah. it was just all over the place. And I, I don't know. I just love that about our industry. But I think in like ten, we're creative. Well, we, you gotta be. We're passion driven. I think in like ten years though, there will be like most every college will have at least like a fermentation science. Yeah, it's it's definitely going that direction. Um, but if I were to sing something. Real quick. Oh, you, you got what a song I, ready? I mean, always. I was going to say, you pick a song, but that... Oh, sing sing Hey There, Delilah. <laughs> um, okay. Hey uh, there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but for tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. Is that great? Right. Can you hear that? Or can, can I hear what? Oh, I get, okay, I guess you can't hear it. I'm playing Hey There, Delilah. Hey there, Delilah oh, I just sang some of it. <laughs> well, I know, but you're linked into... Uh, so we're linked in on the same Bluetooth, so I can play it from my phone. But no, that was good. That, oh, was, no. that was solid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely I, could not hear it. I learned like the seven uh, strings on the on an acoustic guitar one time because the mm-hmm. whole piano method thing, I thought that'd be cool to just whip out a guitar sometime and just play those three keys. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Oh, man. Um, I feel like anyone who played guitar at that era, acoustic guitar, definitely definitely played that song a few times. Oh, of course. Or had a go at it. Classic, (laughs) classic song. Um, Yeah. I saw, do you have, so you have a consulting business? I do. I was going to say, I clicked on that link and kind of looked at that. So, like, when did that get started? Um, I've been doing it unofficially or had been uh since honestly like year three into brewing nice so you Um, i mean you fucking hit the ground like in three years you already felt like you were at a level to consult other breweries it's that other people came to me well i know but still you must have been like that respected enough to um yeah i guess it, it was a mix of just like i i had solutions um, and I, but at year I three, before, did you feel like from front to back, from mill to fucking pouring a beer, you, you had, a, you oh, had, hell no. oh, people just had, or just felt like they could come to you for questions. Well, it was, yeah, it was certain stuff. And I, what the people were asking me, it was information I had and, and was very knowledgeable on already that they didn't have that level of knowledge on. And I was, I have been able to help a lot of people, um, at different levels. 
Um, now my biggest, I would say my weakest point is general, um, brewery equipment engineering. Like, or like that's assembly that's the thing or I've just spent, not necessarily assembly, but just all of the actual programming and doing essentially like controller work and like the fixing a PLC and like the wiring and all oh that stuff. man yeah um, I was just I was just talking to someone about that today I was fixing that pump and my buddy from uh-huh. Florida he hit me up and he was like yeah wait till you have to rewire one and I go well I ain't yeah. gonna be waiting because I'll be calling a fucking electrician <laughs> yeah like, I have actually done that really but yeah but as far as general like brewery plant engineering I don't think I'd be able to easily go in at least not without any kind of liability waiver or insurance um, to do it, to do it for someone else to, to design from the ground up a, an advanced like automated brewery. Oh man. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't even know how I feel about that. Like, have you ever, have you worked at a brewery that was, I mean, pretty much brewing from a desk in a sense, or have you kind of been uh, more hands on yeah. stuff? Union was, um, we had a control room there and the brew house was fully automated with the exception of loading hop dosers. Um, oh, man, but that was, that's elite. Most, <laughs> that was the most automated part of it all. And we had like a CIP skid and everything. So that was, it was all hard piped and that was automated, but you still have to go and connect the hoses to the panels. Right. And, do you, um, how long do you think that takes getting used to from, just doing it manually um honestly i i think it's way harder to go the opposite direction um but it's it's a matter of just wrapping your head around like okay i'm learning the nuances of when do i need to touch the screen what's the delay on this button for when this pneumatic valve opens man We've, you know, stuff like that. It's just like finesse of like the best use of the automation. Yeah, we've um, come a long way in beer, haven't we? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, people have. Well, I, I still have a brew a house history. from. I have a brew house from like seventeen fucking eighty one. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I respect it. I literally have a. We have a twenty barrel brew house. Um, no rakes, no grant. No, uh, yeah, it's literally the most yeah. manual system ever, but I also don't hate that because, you know, rakes fuck up all the time. Oh yeah. It's, so it's like, there's a blessing and a curse. I mean, I could, I could brew without electricity up until a boil. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, honestly, even then you <laughs> could get a freaking solo stove under it. Right. Um, our power, <laughs> yeah, our power went out one time and we just tweeted at like the electric company, like, hey, we got this beer so, going and, and they made so a joke not, of it. So you're not using a boiler then? Yeah, no, we have steam. It, it's just okay. a steam I was like, Wait boiler. A <laughs> so, um, yeah, everyone's places are different and like the preferences for certain elements of it. It's like, it's just different, different problems. 
Oh yeah, and you know, and every, everyone into. has problems. So anyone yeah. who's pretending like they don't have problems, and that's yeah, what I love fine. about brewing so much too. Is like, uh, I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, you've seen one brew house, you've seen a wall." It's like that yeah. ain't fucking true. Like there are so yeah. many different ways to brew a beer. It ain't even funny. Yeah, that's absolutely the case, and I I hear that, and I'm just like, that's the acceptance of the fuckery. The daily fuckery that is being a production brewing employee. Oh, yeah. Um, the fuckery being, okay, what's going to break or be faulty this time? <laughs> Here's how we finesse it to get it back to its normal functionality. And then we'll just like band-aids. Oh, and just, man. <laughs> like, we are just a group of finessers in this game, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. What, just, what is going to go wrong today? That's what it is, and you yeah, have but... that mindset to be well prepared. We're some of the most knowledgeable people out there across an array of so many different subjects, doing everything we do. Like we're plumbers. Yep, plumbers and janitors. Yes, exactly. And I was a uh... and scientists and like all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um. I, I was going to come back to that. So, like, kind of lo- like on the science lab type stuff. Do you think um, that more people are going to get like lab stuff um, just as brewing evolves? Or do you think that there will be enough or they will invent shit that that they don't really need to where you don't need to put the yeast cells under a microscope or um, anything like that? That you could just like run it through a tube, which I'm sure they already have something like that. Yeah, that that is a thing but i think there are different different ways things will pan out i think for the breweries that are actually going to be staying open for the foreseeable future that are doing enough volume to keep up on a distribution level um yes i think it's absolutely necessary for folks to um implement a quality program and really actually pay attention to all that stuff because um, it's it's honestly the last thing people think to do when you're starting up whatever however you open a brewery if it's the all too common story not a bad thing all too common story right. of like oh people retired early from a very different industry and like oh well i know so and so homebrewed for a few years and we'll bring them in <laughs> yeah um, my and mom people, said my homebrew tastes good. I'm going to open a brewery. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you have to get there somewhere. but Right. Or somehow. But in that, it's like because beer is relatively microbiologically stable compared to something like milk or just water or other things like that because of the alcohol content and the pH, it's like as long as you utilize your chemicals exactly – how the manufacturer tells you your pumps are working the way they're supposed to your water temperature is right. If you clean to the book, you should never encounter any problems. I, I Um, couldn't agree with you more. I think I, I had mentioned this in a different episode, but I think it's crazy. And, and I, I clean my shit to a T, but, mm -hmm. um, I think it's crazy that I see some brew out, like some of my homies, I'm not going to, 
fucking out them, but they don't. <laughs> they can and, call me. You can and, call me later. <laughs> and they, uh, and they, they make an okay beer. I mean, they make some good beers. They make some dud beers, but mm-hmm. then when I taste, you, you know, and I see their equipment and stuff and, and they're not really cleaning it. Um, yeah. But then I have a terrible beer from someone else and I, who I've never seen their brew house. And I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. beer is pretty resilient. If you just, cl- and I've said this forever, if you just clean all your shit appropriately, you'll have yeah. a drinkable beer and just pitch fucking yeast. Like you could make a drinkable wheat beer. You know, there's yeah. no wheat beer that just flies off the map of that's a next level wheat beer. So yeah. like, if you just want to make a good wheat beer, do the basic shit the Germans used to say and have clean yeah. equipment. So yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's crucial. And I do think to me, I'm just like, yes, absolutely run microbiological checks on everything. Um, that's necessary, but yeah, I think that's why, cause you can get away with, if you're actually doing what you need to, you shouldn't run into any issues. Like I said, um, but that is not enough in the sense of if people are starting to do massive distribution, you're going state to state, even just a county over, maybe a few counties over. It's like, okay, well, let's look at, we actually have to track a shelf life. Right. And like, should we have some sort of little bug in there? How is this stuff stored? Right. And oh, like, man. That's, that's whether or not how it's stored, how long is our distributor? Can we, can we count on the distributor not, or the account? Not all the to, time. To do, to um, respect shelf life and all that stuff. So it's like, whether or not it's going to make your beer dumpable or having to dump it or like, okay, well, actually, we know this is going to be in house only and we have our cold box, cold. We'll do kegs. So nothing actually leaves the shelves. We'll be fine based on this certain contaminant and this concentration of it to have this beer for the shelf life because it's, we know it's going to be cold. It's going to be controlled on site. So you can't know those things though, without doing basic checks. Have you, Um, have you ran into any of those problems in any of the breweries you work for? Like walking into a liquor store and you got a fresh IPA that's, sitting on the fucking floor and not uh-huh. not cold. Yeah, that that definitely happens. And and even when you have the best cleaning practices, like you're gonna run into contamination um sooner or later. Um that's just kind of how it goes. But if you do have some control points in place, you can actually pinpoint like, oh shit, actually I did notice this one thing and that could be why we're encountering this problem sure. or like, Oh, you know what? We had a leak in this little point. Let's go fix it, find it and fix it. So it's, it's a mixed bag of like, I always, it's easier for me to say because I've only worked at places where all of that is there or Just I like I've an extreme. Yeah, yeah. Or the budget is completely allocated for, quality like well, for a program to be there never I mean, enough <laughs> right never enough money but it's already there so it's um it's easier for me to say just like yeah everyone should be doing this and that and varying 
degrees of um, intensity isn't the word, but program depth. Sure. And I don't think people uh, talk about it enough, but breweries like New Belgium, Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. Avery, if you drink any of those beers on the West Coast, East Coast, or in Wichita, fucking Kansas, it's going to yeah. taste the same. Like it is oh, yeah. the and same their, product. Their quality departments are massive. Oh, yeah. Have you been to Avery? Extremely well renowned. Uh, I haven't, actually. So, I mean, and I'm I, sure all the other breweries have the same, just not like I haven't just walked past it. They had an open house and their lab. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just looked like a, a fucking college lecture hall, like science room. It, it was awesome. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's the the bigger, bigger folks. I mean, they understand it from the beginning, but not everyone has that stuff lined up to start. Right. Um, and it takes a long time because it isn't the first thing you need to go to. What do you um, What do and, you think is the biggest uh, or the most common, I uh, I guess not or that causes the most quality issues, in your opinion? Um, oxidation. So not not testing your DO or your TPO um, in packaged product. That is the the end all be all as far as actually meeting any kind of shelf life goes. Um, also, if you have any kind of contamination, which most of them, the more oxygen you're going to get, the more of a problem you're going to have. Even if some of those microbes are like strictly anaerobic, um, which is like CO2 environment, it's still not going to go well for you. Um, sure. So definitely just dissolved oxygen testing, not just for your purged bright tanks for the beer itself, um, but absolutely the packaged product. Um, And then another thing is, well, it relates directly to oxidation, but honestly just product storage temperature. Sure. Um, Like if you're going to do anything in the name of quality, it's store your beer cold and stick to a shelf life. Stick what, to a what date do you, code. What do y'all uh, date yours out to or how many months? Or, or what What do you think an IPA should be at? Uh, no more than 90 days. Uh, on, just on East Coast, West Coast, anything doesn't matter to you, 90 days? Yeah. Oh, nice. So just, it, it depends though. It depends on what beer is a living and changing thing with raw ingredients. Um, So it's like you throw oxygen in there, obviously your hops are going to interact first and foremost with that. And part of that degradation of the hops and, and the precursors for the oxidative flavors, it's hops are, it's like a grocery ingredient, you know, and it's you're if you're not using preservatives of any kind, which not too many are um it's something to consider like that's if you meet the the best oxygen numbers you can and you store your stuff cold and you make sure all the accounts just track the track the storage and basically destination of your beer the journey and destination and then ideally you make a beer or a product that 
um, whether or not it is stored cold, it should be drinkable right, should to be your fine. standards to 90 days. Okay. Um, and then as far as, as far as non hoppy beer, um, I generally do four months for sours, not mixed firm. Obviously those can go for a long time, but, right. um, people sell those for fucking years, yeah, right? Like mixed, mixed firm stuff. Yeah. Have you um, ever seen like someone post, I'm sure y'all got craft beer groups out there. Someone mm-hmm. like posts their seller, like dev proud of themselves, and they got like a West mm-hmm. Coast IPA in there. I had to remove <laughs> myself from those Facebook groups. Yeah, you could. I'd say like seven years ago. Why? Oh, just hated I it. I was infuriated. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I I'm got. Like, I'm going to let these people do what they want because you know what? They are buying the products. Right, right. Me employed. As long as their storage of it does not come back to bite me in the ass because they didn't pay attention. Were I mean, were they ragging on your product at all, or just just the no, no, ignorance no, not, of just not any those right. groups? No, none of that. I just, I'm just like, oh my god, like my tolerance for. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to drink a beer that's over like two months old, depending on what it is. But that's because I know what I know. Sure. Whereas, like, it's totally, totally fine for everyone else and whatever they enjoy, whether or not that's an industry person's standard, that's all that matters. So I just, like, for my own sanity, I I need to just focus on getting, keeping the product standards that I have and letting them go out the building that way and managing that. Right. I get a kick out of those fucking groups. I love them. I love when people get into it about, like, uh, shit that's completely opinion based. Like, oh, yeah. oh, I like that beer. Oh no, fuck that beer. It's like, how are you? Yeah, that, <laughs> how can you tell they, someone that they didn't like a beer? Yeah, that and the classic also is like untapped. It's like, oh, it's evil. I don't like this style. One star. <laughs> do you? Do you? I know a lot of people are uh, think it's a necessary evil. Do you think it's a necessary mm-hmm. evil or do you think it's like, I stay out of it. But do you um, think it is helpful for like a business? Honestly, I think that's fading. I think that trend has been going downhill for quite some time. But as far as like using that as a guide, but people still do. I mean, I've sure. I've never really taken the time to or had the time to dive into like social media analytics um yeah and that's analytics tough. like that and how it actually relates but i'm certain it serves its purpose because you know what it's like it's like yelp or whatever other stuff it's like you could know and even amongst other brewery people it's like oh this is a damn good alt beer and we all know this but then you can have people who have no idea what the hell they're talking about like technically speaking and shitting on the beer, but also you can't control that. Right. But, and I also think it's good for people to, or I don't know if it's necessarily good for business, but for the, the user, mm -hmm. you know, they check in all their beers. They can always look back and say like, Oh, have I had a beer from here? I think it's good for that aspect. And I mean, as a brewers, we know why it's shitty. 
<laughs> yeah, the... but I think that's the purpose of the app. I think that's great. It's for people to who are using it as a hobby, who are exercising the hobby of drinking craft beer. Um, Man, some people get pretty just, crazy with that shit, and then they're just just yeah. going for check ins and. <laughs> Oh yeah, we had a yeah. beer share last night. We logged a hundred and five check-ins. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, and I think I feel like that has really died down over the past, I'd say, like four years or so, three years. What beer share? Like people don't beer shares are just kind of the idea of hype, hype beers, and people waiting in line for beers. You know, yeah. I don't think that happens anymore. Well, I think what it is is that you can get as good if not maybe slightly less quality beer around the corner everywhere now. Yep. Um, Which I think is a good and bad thing, you know, support someone local. And if it's what you're comfortable with, like you're appreciating strictly the geographical range of that um, for each consumer, it's like, sure, go for it. Um, Do you guys have like, what's the, what's the hype brewery out your way? Uh, they're quite a lot. Um, there's not like one that stands out. There's one that people know about. Um, that's called Aslan. Aslan. Um, that's just one that like was very on the hype train for quite some time. Um, but they, they've kind of taken a, a backseat to, not another brand, but just that idea. It's kind of a movement towards bigger scale production and um, rotating core stuff and just really perfecting that. Sure. Um, and I think that's the direction most folks are going. So I'm not, I'm not sure, honestly, of the relevance of the idea of a hype facility anymore or hype brewery. It's just, okay, people know of those names now. And that will kind of draw attention, but I don't think it's still the same sought after nature that things were. Sure. I think one of the people who are doing it like the best is like, you obviously heard of Toppling Goliath, right? Mm-hmm. They're like available everywhere. You know, all their IPAs yeah. and fruited stuff is available everywhere, but then they still have that, um, fuck, I think it's called, yeah, Assassin or something. It's like a stout mm-hmm. or morning delight they have like three or four stouts that on release day it's like it's still years after years it's still massive line i I believe because i know there's Mm -hmm. people from wichita that make that road trip every single fucking year and i'm just like dude there's good stouts in wichita where the fuck are y'all going no (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i think that that definitely does exist and i i worked at half acre um before moving back to virginia and benthic the stout and like the series essentially um it's a line of stouts is incredible and while i was there and the years before and after even with covid i mean people the the pre-sale for that stuff i remember sitting in the office and hearing our director of hospitality give like increments of 30 second updates for how many had been sold and all that stuff and it was Still like a sellout type thing, um, which I hadn't experienced in quite some time. So I thought I think that definitely exists for certain established places where it's like, okay, 
not every product is going to be like that, but you can count on, you know, once a year, we're still going to be making this product and it's right. still going to be really good. And yeah, it'll be sought after. It's oh, a specialty man. thing. We, uh, not like every release though. So we've been in a, we've been in production for like eight years and we have a 60 mm -hmm. barrel fooder. And the first oh, year, our, uh, our owner, um, we filled 60 barrels of this Russian Imperial stout, big, oh my God. a big boy. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was, I, I was still pretty new ish to the game. I came from a brew pub. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, this like a year or two in of production brewing and he's like, Oh, we're going to do a, a stout release party. And I think mm -hmm. we canned off like 700 cases of it and just a couple kegs or, or maybe I can't remember how many kegs. But he mm. thought that we were going to go through oh, 700 no. cases of Russian Imperial Stout in one day. And, and at that time frame, too, like, you weren't putting, except for, like, Oscar Blues with 1050, like, you were not putting a stout in a can. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, that too. It would go in bombers. So that that was. A oh man, I'll tell you, making it like, tricky. Um, another kind of fumble. Choices. Another <laughs> fumble we kind of had. Um, so we won a gold medal at JBF for our barley wine, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we super, get we were super pumped about it. We love that beer. Well, mm -hmm. our uh, ownership and sales uh, rep at the time was like, "Oh, we got to get these in four packs and get them out the door." It's like nobody yeah. wants a four pack of barley wine, and if they uh, and if they buy it, it's strictly because they like us and they want to try like this metal. Barley yeah. wine is should be a twenty two ounce bottle that you share with someone right before bed. Yep. Like right yep. before, like you've had a long night already. Let's just rip this freaking eleven ounces yeah. each and let's go to bed. <laughs> yeah. And you know who, um, and bless his soul. And I'm always keeping him and his family in my thoughts, but don't drink beer. Yeah. yeah. That is yeah, bananas. I mean, he, honestly, he is responsible for so much of the keeping alive of barley wine over the past many, many, many years. Oh yeah. Um, aside from all of the comedy that we all love, and know and appreciate like he very seriously i think had an impact on keeping like the relevancy of sure. barley wine yeah, um, yeah which yeah. i i personally am super grateful for i think it's a it's a very special thing to do it well and to do it as infrequently as even possible in a production facility nowadays because because it's not a sought after product Right. Um, well, I in, I've always kind of joked about it. Is it's just super impractical in a tap room. Like, do you yeah. when you go to a tap room, you don't want to drink a fucking to, I mean thirteen ounces or, or maybe you get an eight ounce glass. I mean maybe eight ounces, but or you do and then you end up a total disaster. Yeah, like that's it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think. Uh, oh man, in my way earlier years before, I was still drinking Coors Light when I first started brewing. Like I, I hated, I didn't, I couldn't drink craft beer when I first started working. I just thought it was cool to brew beer and uh -huh. they sat me down and they're like, Oh, go pour yourself a, a, a beer. And I was like, Ooh, barley wine. Like, 
yeah, I'll, I'll try this or whatever. So I poured myself a mm. pint and you weren't, oh my God. they don't come, <laughs> they don't serve them in pints, but I grabbed a pint and poured no. one and, uh, they're like, Cody, what are you drinking? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> the, uh, the barley wine. And they were like, what are you doing? And yeah, I had to sit like there and pretend like I, well, A, I had to sit there and pretend like I liked it in front of my boss, um, yeah. which I did not at the time. I was like, <laughs> what is this bullshit? And and I got 15 and a half more ounces of it too. Oh my God. But yeah, but, I mean, the bar, the barley wine, that's it's just a little impractical, um, but it does serve its purpose. And I think it's, those yeah. are, it's 22 ounce bombers. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's good. And honestly, one of my favorite barley wines is um, Chassis from Union Craft Brewing. It's even the non-barrel-aged um, version of it, just fresh. Like for me, I feel like a barley a barley wine needs some aging. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But that, like, right off the Zwickle. I thought was really good. And then we gave those bad boys a year in cans, believe it or not. It happened to work out that way because of COVID and not being able to sell stuff. And we held on to them because the, the barrel aged stuff. Yeah, obviously. And we wanted to release the non barrel aged at the same time as the barrel aged. So it had to sit as well. And, um, a year in my God, like that, Oh, it's a different beer. I don't drink beer. that stuff often. Insane. It, it was phenomenal. Um, and that's just a complexity that a barley wine has um, to develop over that kind of time. Right. Um, I think uh, we um, we got a bronze this year at GABF, and I, I always like to look up the other winners because I always want to do a collab mm-hmm. with – I want to do a three-way collab yeah. with the gold, silver, bronze. And yeah. the bronze – I want to say theirs was from like 2013 or 2015. Um, Interesting. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> eight year, yeah. It's like eight-year-old barley wine. Uh, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure it's great. Yeah. I need to, you need to send me some beer. I'll pay for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the shipping. Well, how, uh, <laughs> you and your metals. How far, what, where in Virginia are you? I'm in so people get a little touchy with the subject. Um, <laughs> I am in Northern Virginia. I'll never really just say Virginia because uh, it's kind of like its own little country, its own thing. just the DC suburbs. Because the rest of Virginia is absolutely beautiful. If you drive like I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, if you drive like 45 minutes, do sorry something is knocking on my window, and I hope that's just the wind. Are you guys getting any weather out there? That scared me. Um, no, it's fine right now. Oh, but, I was going to say, we're uh, getting wind, and we're about to get fucked with a winter. It's going to be like negative six and windy for like the next five or six days. That sounds right <laughs> for that area. Today was like 45 degrees here. Oh, damn. Um, but no, I was going to yeah. ask, or how, how close are you to uh, Waynesboro? I don't know. Do you even know where Waynesboro is? I do. I just don't know the the timing of that off the top of my head. I've never gone. Well, there. it's the most hype brewery quality in Virginia. It's called Stable Craft Brewing. I have not heard of it. 
Well, you better look it up. My guy, Tony, he's running <laughs> that. I, I did a collab with him not that long ago, about a year ago. Um, send me, uh, send well, me that well, on Instagram. Well, no, I was going to say, I, I'm going to send him a box soon. Um, I, oh. I, why don't I could just yeah, add is, some shit to it? Um, that is not close. <laughs> oh, it's not? No. I, I drove um, there from Kansas, and I honestly, it was beautiful, so I didn't mind driving, mm -hmm. but I probably wouldn't do it again. Like, I'm glad I did it the first time. I had no idea Virginia yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I really didn't. So what, what I what I was trying to differentiate is, like, you go 45 minutes west of D.C., maybe an hour west, you start to see the Blue Ridge Mountains, um, oh. which they're small mountains, relatively speaking, to the rest of the country, but... It is really pretty. Um, the <laughs> I sound like such a, a basic you know what, but like the foliage is fantastic. Like going to the Shenandoah Valley Skyline Drive in the fall, and that's all within like an hour and a half of DC. Um, oh so yeah, it's I went there during suburban. I went there during fall, so like the leaves were coming down. Oh yeah, it's, it's like a damn Hallmark movie. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's really pretty. Uh, but the, um, I'm so embarrassed. I'm looking up the distance right now to Waynesboro. Yeah. 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 Look it up. You definitely got to oh, hit yeah, up. That's way out there. What's way out there to you? Um, I mean, that's like two hours, four hours. I would say honestly that would probably eh, that'd be like three hours oh yeah that's nothing if you're from kansas anything less than six is like a day trip or could, <laughs> could well uh, maybe I mean, maybe yeah, five about five is a day trip or could be a day trip if you wanted it to be yeah i think well traffic is the biggest Part because it's literally some of the worst, if not the worst, traffic in the country is the DMV, which is DC, Maryland, Virginia, just the surrounding areas. So, I mean, that could, trip, depending on exactly when you leave, could be anywhere from from like two and a half hours, maybe to like six hours. Man, traffic! Um, I can't even fucking imagine. <laughs> I say that all the time. That I could. Imagine just having, and this is just outside of brewing, or let's just say that in mm -hmm. brewing, let's just say you had the shittiest day, everything went wrong, stuck mash, broken pump, etc. Mm -hmm. And then you got to go sit in traffic for two to three fucking hours. Like, so oh man. What's fun? What's fun about that? And people can judge me all they want for this. That's fair. The amount of money that I blow taking the express lanes. Oh, gotta be, it's gotta be worth it. Stuff. Oh, for going 66 West after work, I mean, it's like a parking lot and it's completely unpredictable, even if you're going like way later where it's beyond rush hour. I'm How much careful. extra is it a month? Because I've always wondered that about Denver. Denver has one of those. Um, I don't take it every day, but. Oh, it's not like a membership. It's just like they'll charge you. No, you can. Yeah, it's just however many times you. It picks up your smart tag or your easy pass. But um Isn't that some bullshit too? Cheap. We pay taxes to drive on roads and then we gotta pay to drive on those roads that we pay for. I I have <laughs> yes. 
I agree. But as far as the express lanes, like, it is supply and demand. So the, like, upcharges are ridiculous. So, for example, this morning, I actually, I was running late and I took 66, the express lanes, um, east. And that was around $14. Oh, but how much time did you save? Uh, Roughly, like, eight minutes. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you win some, you lose some. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it depends. I am very fortunate to be in a situation where it's, it can be mood dependent, um, whether or not I take those, but what's terrible being up there in DC or I guess DC breweries you've been a part of, Mm -hmm. do you have any like wacky laws up there? Just being close to, I guess, government and, and stuff like that or being, um, I think DC is actually a lot more flexible um, and more progressive with their alcohol laws uh, and distribution and stuff. Um, Virginia is like pretty far behind. Yeah, I Tony, you have to go listen to my episode with Tony. He was the first guy I interviewed, but he was telling me about. Uh-huh. He told me all about the Virginia rules, and it's it's fucking wacky. <laughs> yeah, and and Maryland's a shit show too. Everything is. It's all it's all distribution, and it is a controlled substance. I understand it. It's just interesting how it interacts. Um, well, it's like also interesting. Yeah, that's the battle we're facing. Um, that wineries and cider, or maybe maybe not cideries, but wineries, they can self distro. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would say you can get just as drunk on wine as. A fucking West Coast IPA. So my question there is, in Kansas, and even some states have it, like, county by county, is there, um, do you all have beer and wine in grocery stores, or do you yeah, have well, it all we, in grocery stores? Yeah, well, we just or? got it, like, uh, maybe 2018, 2019, okay. something like that. But I thought... You know, everyone's like, oh, this this sucks for small businesses or this and that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, there's not more craft beer drinkers. There's just more yeah. craft beer. So yeah, it's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, and also, you know, I'm not going to Walmart to buy beer. Like, yeah. I'm not going to drive to Walmart to buy beer. I'm going to stop by the liquor store. Yeah. Like the, that's right by right around the corner from my house or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was, I mean, it was a, it was a weird thing. I don't know. We we can't do, there's no wine in gas stations or liquor. Yeah. I yeah, think, that's, I think that's a wild one. I mean, that'd be, <laughs> or I guess I just here, think it's wild, but here it's, and it was an adjustment when I moved to Maryland. Um, here there's beer and wine. Uh, in grocery stores and gas stations. And then liquor is a completely separate beast that is regulated by um, the ABC, um, the Alcoholic Beverage Commission. I have so many friends who work for liquor, or work in liquor, and I can't even remember what that stands for. Um, Alcohol beverage. Alcoholic beverage control. Sure. (laughs) That's it. Um, But then going to Maryland, it's all... You just have liquor stores. Do you... Uh, um, and I think some of that just changed, I believe. Sure. Do you... Are you a liquor 
girl at all or do you straight strictly beer or? I do not drink as much liquor as I used to. Um and I I've never been like a huge liquor drinker, but if I'm gonna go for it, I really, really enjoy a dirty gin martini. Oof. Um Oof. that's like that's like my first drink of choice. Really? And then <laughs> I respect the uh judgment. And then I also last night actually um I was working really late and one of the bartenders when they closed, uh he's like a whiskey collector and all that stuff. And he brought, he brought a bottle with him. I'm like, eh, I'm fine. Like, I don't, I'm not in the mood for that. And then I smelled it. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe I am. It might actually be pretty smooth. So I do, I enjoy scotch and whiskey. Um, obviously scotch is whiskey. Well, I think you can just like appreciate it from a different level. Like knowing, yeah. like we know what goes into beer. I think that one of the coolest things in, when I first got into craft beer or in a production brewery was going to a party and I saw someone mm. drinking my beer that yeah. I didn't bring. I was like, wait, what? People are buying yeah, this that's... shit. Like I had my hand in that. Like it's just like a different level of that, appreciation. Moments. Yeah. I think it is really special because you feel kind of like a celebrity. <laughs> well, it's just <laughs> Even like, if you, you know, don't say anything about it. It's like, well, you know, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Like you fucking milled that grain. You fucking experienced those leaky pumps. Those fucking hard yeah, times. You processed it. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, yeah, I do. I do like whiskey. Um, for sure. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I drink it every so often now. I try to try to play it cool. I do really like mezcal, um, like a smoky, super smoky mezcal. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't drink it much. Sure. I drink wine a lot more um, than I do whiskey or spirits. Um, and then, honestly, like you were, it sounded like you were ashamed of drinking uh, macro lager when you first started in craft, but like I regularly will drink like Narragansett. What is it? Uh, Narragansett. What's that? It's a it's a very old school um, like American lager that is from Rhode Island. Um, huh. And actually, it wasn't made for a long time, and then I think it was like. Maybe like five years ago or something, they started the the brand was bought again and started making it again. And I think I'm pretty sure the claim to fame for that is it's what um what the fuck is the character's name? The dude in Jaws, like the actual boat captain. Oh, he was drinking that. I think that's what he drinks. Yeah. Wow. But this well, that's year, cool. it, I go through phases of what I feel like drinking i drink a lot of macro produced beer i'm not gonna lie oh well, um, I, miller high I life is king <laughs> miller high life is oh, yeah. literally like well no that's budweiser the king of beers um, uh, i think they changed it <laughs> yeah i changed it uh high life is awesome <laughs> oh it's the but, best um yeah gansett is i got some for new year's eve a six pack of 16 ounces was literally like 8.99 that's that's like, high. Wait, a six pack of sixteen no, ounces? A six 
pack of 16 ounces was $8.99. I think High Life is like, I that might be right for High Life. I'm not sure. I only buy the 18 but pack bottles. But this is bottles. more of a craft. It's a much smaller production, much smaller scale production thing. I and I do go through phases, so it could be in like months from now. I pick one up and taste it. I'm like, oh god, this is trash. But oh, I doubt no. that. Um, <laughs> Are you over Yingling? I do love Yingling on tap. Just on tap. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll drink it in bottles and cans, but on tap, just that little bit of diacetyl going on in there. It's. So we just we just got Yingling back in March, and of course, oh, yeah. obviously, it's a massive hit. But mm-hmm. you know, I'd I'd had it before. It was only as mm-hmm. far as like Arkansas, which is not extremely far. But every time I'd go to Arkansas, I'd grab it, and yeah. then I was like, "Eh, this you know, this is okay." Now that we mm-hmm. got it, but it it just was something funny about it. I learned that the the shit that we get is brewed mm-hmm. in Texas. Yeah, probably. So it's not, I mean, you know, obviously same They're recipe, massive. everything, but it is, it's just not the exact same. And now that I know that it's not coming from uh, ship Pennsylvania, <laughs> well, no, I can get, I can get the, the ship from Pennsylvania in Arkansas. Yeah. Well, they, well, they probably switched now that, cause I mean, yeah, they yeah. came to like Oklahoma, obviously Texas, Kansas, probably Colorado and. They're just moving across the country. Oh, mm-hmm. wait, didn't Coors buy them? Uh, Probably. I think Coors I did buy them. And that's what put... I could be talking out of my ass there, but I feel like Coors did buy them. So, I'm curious. You are... Are you from Kansas? Yep. Kansas, okay. born Kansas. Um, went to community college Living. and a university <laughs> in Kansas. I love it. I so, am the way you're saying Coors. Coors? Like you were you were saying it true to brand, like what? No see if you <laughs> notice the difference in how I say it. Coors versus Coors. Coors? Do I what like do you, I say? Coors you are light? saying it very true to brand. Coors <laughs> is what I'm saying. I guess I never really thought of that. <laughs> no God, now you'll think do I, about do it. Do I have an accent? I, I think it's great. Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I think I, I've like always little, want... little words like that. Right. Well, I, I've people, when I talk to people from California, they're like, oh, you got an accent. It's like, what? I mean, I guess it's all relative. I still think yeah, it's, it's wild. The Minnesota, Wisconsin, Dakota accent. It doesn't yeah. even make <laughs> sense. Like, why do, why do they talk like that? Like. I think it's cool, but I just don't understand yeah, how sure. that developed. I don't know that. You you do have a little bit of an accent, but it's not not the country. Like you could um I don't know that I'd really even call it country, but like Midwestern. There's a tiny bit. Yeah, there's y'all, a little bit of an accent. Y'all, y'all, y'all. <laughs> um but like you'd be fine to be like a news anchor oh, to be sick. what people consider like the the standard of American English where everyone okay. is just neutral. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? I should try to go get on the news. 
Well, shit, I've been, I've been wanting to fucking speak at a brewer's uh, conference at a CBC for like the past five years and I can't get on. What what have you submitted? (sighs) Fucking you name it. (laughs) I did like two years or three years in a row. I've tried to speak on um, mental health and brewing and Uh I mean, I kind of give reasons why and like what I would talk about and yeah kind of like my lecture whatever like i really just want to inspire people and like really just my experience of like how i keep good mental health in almost 12 years of brewing and they're just like um yeah we found better applicants i'm like okay i I mean i can't argue with that but then i get there and i go to some of these seminars and like what the fuck was that like what? Is, yeah. <laughs> what was that? But yeah, I mean, I, that's, it is what it is. There's some politics involved there. That's um, what someone told me. But what politics? Like, it's not like you're getting paid to go speak at these things. Like what? Yeah, what, but it depends on who you're representing and all of that. But also, I think let me know what material material you've actually put together for that. Um, I'd be happy to like peer review it and get in touch sure. with people. Um, oh, well, I'm not, VA, I'm not giving but... up. I'm not giving up. I'm going to, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> but I was really um, hoping to get on that on Vegas. I love yeah, Vegas. Well, <laughs> I've never been. Um, are you going? But, uh, probably not to be honest. Um, unless my company just like right off the bat is like, you're definitely going. Or if I was Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for... Oh, have you spoken at one? I've spoken at other conferences, like more um, more district and regional level uh, master brewers stuff. Have you submitted for the Brewers Association? No, no I haven't. Yeah. And I've been, I've been a part of... Like, I've been on a, a poster for... Um, like an ASBC conference before. Oh, nice. For, um, I was thinking about just hosting my own fucking off-site mental health seminar at like a Vegas pool or something. Just like everyone yeah. come and let's drink lagers and just like talk about our talk about it. <laughs> like yeah. An una- I mean, I would go to that. I know we would. We it would be the best seminar of the weekend, but it's like uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, I'm trying not to you, be. I'm trying not to be too salty about it, but it's like I don't let know. Let me know what help you need and put it. I won't charge you. This is not a consulting. I don't. Uh, I mean, I don't even scenario. know. <laughs> well, I don't really know what what they're looking for. I mean, they they give you an outline of what they want from you. Like, yeah. okay, what what are you going to talk about? What are your talking points? What are this? And mm-hmm. I put that all together, and I was like, oh, I'm in. Like, I was already planning on it. And then oh, I got the rejection letter. I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh, you didn't get into Harvard. Um, right. Oh, let well. me send me over what you put together because I can. I'll have to dig it up because it wasn't. A lot it wasn't my... like, I think it was like list your talking points. And then if you get mm-hmm. accepted, then you need to submit you a pa- or you, you submit a PowerPoint. So I never, I think I just had my talking points. But okay. Yeah, well, ne- I, but next year, no, I'll definitely before I submit, I'll I'll get it as professional as possible. 
I think it's yeah, in I have Indianapolis. A lot, of, a lot of close friends. Yeah, I think so. I have a lot of close friends who have presented a few times. Oh, well, um, that'd be cool. Yeah, I've actually never met anyone who presented, so. So I can definitely, um, definitely get you more inside info on what sure. uh, they're looking for. Oh, much appreciated. And just get you in touch with, like, the actual seminar committees and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, just give um, me their number. I'll fucking call them. Yeah, just harass them. Just like, hey, have you heard about this dude? Yeah, they could be really great. Um, yeah, I I say go for it. Um, and I would, if you would welcome others, I would 100% back you and support you as a co-host of that panel. Cause I, yes! Mental illness made a very huge impact on my career um, in... 2022 and 2021 was a crazy time for everyone i mean outside of every other just daily life problems like you know most most brewers losing their job or if you're an owner your business is like tanking in in a sense like it was like the craziest time in our lives for sure yeah it was it was rough yeah, no, we'll have to, we'll have to put it up together, and for sure you're, you'll have to come to the the fest next year, no doubt. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, I'm, are there tickets? Can I just show up as a guest this year? Yeah, well, it's in two weeks. I mean. Well, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just... I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the info and shit like that. It'll be, yeah, yeah if you want to fly or drive like out. A three-day weekend or something. I'm not driving. <laughs> yeah, take the, uh, for sure. take the, uh fast lane here or whatever yeah exactly <laughs> um, and only i'm allowed to go on it costs seven thousand dollars fly for this or take all the express lanes <laughs> what what airport would you fly out of uh dallas what is it dallas international airport oh i thought you said dallas i was like what yeah i'm gonna drive <laughs> to dallas <laughs> Um, well, there there are multiple airport options here. The closest would be Dallas, and then there's Reagan National, which is DC, and then BWI sure. in Baltimore. Well, I was just thinking of, I mean, Dave's coming, so if. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said he's driving. No, he's he's gonna fly. Oh. So I don't know his flight, or I'll you might, with him. yeah, just ask him or whatever. But um, one last thing I did want to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. I only had like three things on there. Is it? I mean obviously a really good riff session. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, the last like, or I mean, probably like three, four, five years, like women mm-hmm. in brewing the, like, mm-hmm. where do you think that sits still with, um, I, I see it growing massively. I see more women brewers mm-hmm. like ev all the time, like more women being interested, more women involved in, um, just literally every aspect of brewing. Mm-hmm. Like these, yeah, I think because um, what nine years ago, I'm sure you were on an island, right? Yeah, basically. Um, I think there's a mix of accessibility um, with how much expansion has actually happened within just like a craft in the craft sector, um, where there are more and more jobs available. And so it's just like knowledge, just straight up knowledge of, oh, how many people are going to, they're working whatever job they're working or not. And it's like, 
oh, well, there's this brewery. I'm going to go hang out at this place and then start to develop an interest for it and realize like, oh, this is something I can do. Um, I think that's part of it. People are hopefully and likely becoming more comfortable with the idea of actually pursuing um, that kind of like a production role um, or more in a brewery um, just as the times are changing. Um, but it's, it's a struggle. Uh, I think do you think it's getting better like, or do you think it's like plateaued? It's, I think it's getting better in the sense that um, companies are being forced to actually treat not only women, but just all of their employees respectfully. Um, and knowing that that's sort of an option and like people, businesses cannot afford or individuals cannot afford anymore to be shitty to people or be discriminatory. So I think that in and of itself helps open the door to more, um, to more female or female identifying people um, and just the non-white man, right. the non-cis white man. <laughs> right. Um, or cis straight white man, you know, just all of it. Uh, what, is, what does cis mean again? I hear that word all the time. Cisgendered. Um, it means you identify with and feel you are the gender you were assigned at birth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you were assigned as a male at birth and you identify and feel you are aligned with being a male, then that's what that is. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, I always almost have mixed opinions, even talking about that. Um, just being a woman in brewing because more times than not, I'm approached for discussions or not this podcast. I literally said, yo, I want to come on to it. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but, and I, I don't think <clears throat> it'd be why you approach me, but um, more times than not, people want to have me on something or talk to me about something because I'm a woman in brewing. Yeah. Um, and it's like, there's, that's not a bad thing, but. But you know why it, they're, do they're only doing it for that. Probably you think. Well, that and it's, it'd be okay if that's the case. It's like, oh, well, let's talk about these issues. But then it's never about um, my actual knowledge of brewing and my experience in brewing. It's experience being a woman in this industry. Right. Um, so it's one of my favorite responses ever when the question comes up from someone of, what's it like to be a woman in brewing? And I say compared to being a man in brewing like i i personally right. don't know i've never been a man in brewing right so no i was just asking because i you know the last no, like four no, or five it's, years it's completely fine it's like i i just uh i mean in kansas we we got there there's some women in brewing for sure but like i said over the last like five years bay uh, i think it's awesome that they're just diversity in general more in craft yeah. beer like and it's not a hundred percent neck bearded white dudes with beer bellies yeah like yeah it, it's like cool to see that diversity everywhere to where when you go to jbf when you go to beer fest it's not a fucking spitting everyone's not a spitting image of each other wearing car yeah, hearts and, and fucking a bunch of like stinky lumberjack 
white men. <laughs> yeah. um, that's, that's so rude. I've never. But it's true. It's true. It's <laughs> not. I've never rude. encountered the stink part. <laughs> oh um, my god! Yeah. But yeah, I. It it certainly is changing, and I think we're hearing about it more because it's just like. I I don't like any kind of like tokenism or kind of what I was saying. It's like, oh, are we approaching you because you're not this uh, standard? But um, well, I think we're hearing more I about do it like now. People are being showcased sure. because it's like, yes, we are understanding. Like, hell yeah, you happen to be this this gender, this race, this whatever orientation. Um, and I think that that's kind of been spotlighted, but for good reason. Um, it's to promote and literally find out as uh, white folk or like yourself, um, just a white dude in this. It's like, okay, well, how, what changes do we need to make to make all of you feel more comfortable? That's all that needs to be asked. And then just go on with, okay what do you feel about this process of dry hopping? Sure. Well, or, I mean, that's just, with, that's with everything, you know? like talking instead of fucking assuming shit. That's like, yeah. But I think, I think we're just hearing, we're hearing more about it now because it's getting better as opposed to yeah. like three, four years ago, we heard about it because it was at an all time fucking low. Like I, yeah. there was, yeah. What Brienne did. Yeah. There, I mean, oh yeah. I, I went to a brewery when I was up in Maine recently and it is yeah, fu- it's fucking awesome. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It looks great. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings when it comes to the approach of that, but what I absolutely support and love to see expanding is the diversity in our industry. And I just hope that I hope that everyone is treating people not just with respect and like equality and everything, not, not going out of their way to do more because it is a different person, but to actually be equal and just say, Hey, we're like, all this brewers. Is a safe space. Yeah. And like, this is, we're just doing the damn thing. Yeah. We're brewers. We're brewing beer. Be Let's fucking yep. like, I think literally just my motto is like, don't be racist, don't be sexist, and clean your fucking heat exchanger, and everything will be yeah. perfect. <laughs> like literally, everything yeah. will be fucking fine. Uh, everything else I, will take care of itself. Like, I don't have tattoos, but that may need to be my first one. <laughs> oh, that that quote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. I mean that that I I kind of got it off of that. Uh, what an anti anti-racist anti like that yeah i don't know who i don't know who made that i see it i thought it was it was brianne but is that not is it not a bigger brand than that because i feel like i see that like yeah 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 it's a it's a whole bit of the like the first one i believe was the anti-social social club oh that's that's the one i probably see everywhere right i have yeah a shirt and so many people use it. Like I have a shirt that says um, anti-wrestling wrestling club. And it's from <laughs> some of my buddies in New York city who have like a basically unofficial wrestling uh, publication and like journalism thing. 
Oh, um, hell yeah. So <laughs> I'm very, very into pro wrestling. Are you? Just fun fact. Oh, man. Yeah. I want to book a fucking pro wrestling show at our brewery. I went. They had one at a beer fest I was at in Texas. And it was. I know people. It was literally like the lowest level of quality. Oh, yeah. But. <laughs> they were like get some wild like independent show in there and indie promotion oh man or we have a uh, we have just enough room in our brewery that we if we mm. moved all of our dirty kegs where, where we store yeah. our dirty kegs we could set up a ring and just oh man it would be the perfect like, genuinely i know people who book those kind of events oh i will be in touch for sure because yeah. <laughs> we're actually it's kind of shitty timing um because we're actually releasing a beer in two weeks called top rope ipa and it's oh, like really? it's a wrestler thing but i i got the beer fest so it's like I, I i didn't have the room to put a wrestling ring at the fest or i would well, have it's not, <laughs> it's not shitty timing because iron claw just came out well, I meant Unless just for was... the release of the beer. Yeah. It would have yeah. been a good no, party for a release, like well, Top Rope IP. Hype. Right. But it's. You have, you have some really good actors and film studios backing your release. It didn't go the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, know, I know the folks to get you in touch with. Oh, that would be awesome. I Because I, I was wondering that. I talked to the dude in Texas, but. I was too drunk to save his number. I think we had like a 45-minute talk, and I was like, dude, I'll definitely hit you up, and I lost his card and never <laughs> never yeah. called him. Yeah, I'll, I know people. Cool, cool. Which is super cool. I love that. Just how, how do I go about my life where I end up, I'm almost 10 years into a brewing career. Never saw that coming. I'm intertwined in like pro wrestling circles. It's like, what the hell? How did I get here? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I would say like, I would honestly go as far as say like over 75, maybe even higher than that. People got into brewing, probably saying that same thing, like never would have called this one. (laughs) But here we are 10 years later. Yeah, absolutely that. Especially the kids I went to high school with watching me never turn in like science homework. Oh yeah. I could give a fuck because less you know about science in high school and now that it applies I, to something that I care. Oh yeah, exactly. let's go. I am the shining example of what passion can do. Do you do you know a lot are. of people around your area that um like just don't make it very long in the brewing industry. Like, I mean, we've we've went through. I know more and more people leaving the brewing industry. For like, or people that you've worked with that like kind of. And there's of course that you know everyone's excited to work at a brewery for the first like week or two. Oh yeah. And then it's like, you. oh wait, it's work. It is actual work. Like, oh shit. Yeah. I don't. I've never experienced someone coming in for the first time. Um, that didn't, yeah, I've never experienced someone like straight up changing their career, not homebrewing or whatever. Even people who do homebrew, they're like, oh yeah, well I want to try this. Anytime I'm like interviewing people, there's the disclaimer of like, hey, totally encourage this and like want to help you pursue this career. 
but just the disclaimer of this is very physically and mentally taxing work. Less and less oh, yeah. mentally, which is great because people are starting to be treating their employees better and all of that and being reasonable. Um, but yeah, it is very, very taxing and it's always the go-to phrase of brewing is 90% janitorial work, 10% beer making. Yeah. Um, and some people they'll give it a go. And I know people out there will be in denial <laughs> of like, they'll, they'll push themselves longer than maybe they felt like doing, but yeah, even people who've loved it for many years hit a breaking point of like, all right, you know, it's time to move on and everyone has their reasons, but I, I haven't encountered that uh, exact scenario before. I think it's, it's wild. It's like a tale as old as time. Cause I have about a dozen friends who have done this. They got mm. out of brewing because their wife got a higher paying job in another city. And they're yeah, just like, I, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. I recently had a coworker uh, leave because they did that. I'm like, hell yeah. Right. Like you do you. That is awesome. That's the dream. <laughs> right. Like, well, I just can't imagine making a ton, but I don't, I just can't imagine doing anything else. Like, could you yeah. imagine fucking going to, do you, do you have a set schedule? Like, do you, like, Hey, be here at eight fifty nine or six fifty nine or whatever. Do, yeah. I, I am kind of in charge of my own hours, but I do say I do like nine to five or eight to four Monday through Friday that I try to stick to, but yeah. But it's not like a you better be clocked in at seven fifty nine and you're clocking out at four oh one. Not for me. <laughs> no, it is not. But I just couldn't yeah, imagine I mean, doing I that in a debt like an office. You know, I don't. Oh, even, no, I don't even no. have. Fuck, I don't even have five. I don't even have three days worth of clothes that I could wear to an office job. It's funny you say that because we have our company like annual conference, like big meeting is happening um next week and for production we were all joking it's like so we're all gonna show up in like business fancy attire right and so many people <laughs> were like i don't even have a suit and i was like i would have to go and get all new like i don't remember unless it was like even for like a funeral i would be wearing more of like a cocktail black dress or something not anything business yeah the classic black like, dress yeah it's like i i would need to shop too because i have not needed that really ever right um, i have like one pair of jeans i do have some cool shoes yeah. though i feel like shoes are like i mean they go i mean they make an outfit so you can wear sweatpants oh, yeah. and a fucking hoodie but if you got some cool shoes on no one cares that you're wearing <laughs> the same pair of sweats you've been wearing the last two days. <laughs> yeah, so when, whenever I meet, if I come out to this thing, I think I have two options for an outfit. I'm going to have, like, stinky Carhartt overalls on with stilettos. Oh, nice. Or I'm going to wear my extra tufts or Wolverine, depending on, the, depending on the feeling. I'll wear that with, like, a gown or a cocktail dress. The extra tufts in a cocktail two, dress would be legendary. <laughs> the two 
Oh, that yeah. would be legendary. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll wear to this conference. What is it? Just oh for your God. company? Yeah, it's just like the annual all staff meeting because the uh, company like Christmas party. Too much. Yeah, that that's like at the that's in the evening of it, but without giving away too much, the company I work for has four locations. Nice. Um, so it's just getting everyone together right. for getting an annual involved. company meeting. Yeah. Y'all not really interact much. Um, we do. It's just different locations, very different obviously. Departments. Yeah, one is in Pittsburgh. No, I'm really just giving it all away. Oh, um, I mean, we 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 don't one have to talk is about in it. Pennsylvania. <laughs> one is in Pennsylvania, and then the others are in this area. Um, and then there's one opening a bit farther away in Virginia. Um, but where I work is a production facility. So yeah, it's just. A, Do you find you like production work more than um, more than like a pub setting? I have not done it any other way. Oh, you you've always just been just been production. Mm-hmm. No tap room or, or not like that dealing with customers. No, um, I enjoy that every so often because um, I think consumers like even various different departments uh, within the industry, like distro and like different accounts. I think everyone appreciates hearing, especially customers hearing from someone in production sure um just being able to provide that different context because obviously you're going to have educated or have like a, a beer education program for the bar staff and all of that and your salespeople. but there is just that different level of that added little note of like technical information or little factoid that i think people really appreciate hmm oh man well, fuck, we're, we've been, this is the longest podcast I've had so far, Michelle. <laughs> and I could keep, keep going, but. Sure. Well, I mean, I, uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep going. Are you going to, are you really going to try to come to the fest? Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Let me, I mean, let me know for sure. And I'll, uh, um, definitely get you, uh, the schedule and shit for like the pre-parties or whatever you need or. If you want to bring yeah, a crew, what people, whatever. Look like. yeah, yeah, this this close, it might be kind of tight because like all the you're, you're yeah, I'm. You're gonna have to go through I'm either sure Chicago, absurd, but but yeah, he, I mean, let me know, let me know. Did you say I'd have to go through Chicago? I think I've flown out of DC twice, so we have direct flights from to Dallas, Chicago, and. Denver, I think I've all flown out of D.C. when I've left Maine. I went from Maine to D.C. to those three cities, to Wichita, or to one of those three <laughs> cities, not all three of them. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, look, look at look at flights or whatever. Um, but y'all I be certainly t- don't mind stopping over in Chicago. I really, really miss it there. I would love to move back at some point in the future, but shit, just do a maybe just take I'll a week throw off. Throw in a different day. <laughs> shit, maybe you should just drive. No, no, no. Just drive um, to Chicago, then get on a one way or get on a flight, just, go back to Chicago. Yeah, fortunately, it's a new year, so my PTO is fresh. But I actually just got a nose job, so I just took two weeks off. 
Um, <laughs> so, but it's I'm January. Take it easy on that. No yeah, one's new... busy. No one's busy in January, are they? Uh, a little bit, yeah. That's why I throw like, the fest right. in January because I don't want to. I don't want to hear people are busy, or or, <laughs> or I don't want to hear that they're, you're too busy to come to Craft Beer USA, Wichita, Kansas. Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna look at flights. We'll see. It maybe. I'm gonna try to not buy on impulse. Um, <laughs> yeah, sleep but, on it. Take take one day yeah, to we'll, sleep we'll on see. it. <laughs> but I'll make it work somehow. For sure. Well, I, I super appreciate your time and know that it was, it was nice talking to you. Nice meeting you for sure. We'll have to, uh, if we don't grab a beer here in a couple of weeks, um, next time I'm up that way, I'll let you, or I'll mail you, I'll mail you a barley wine or something or yeah, go check out the homies at Stablecraft. They have an Airbnb on their property. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll, yeah I'll, I'll, if you want to put me in touch with those folks. Yeah. Um, I'll send you, I'll send you his info right, um, right, right after this podcast. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always down to chat. For sure, for sure. Well, and thank you for your posts and your reels because I know oh, they entertain I, multiple people. I'm keeping the train rolling. Keeping it's it rolling. Good stuff. So. <laughs> well, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll be in touch for sure. And then once again, thank you for your time. Yeah, have a good one. Yes, you too. Peace. All right, bye-bye. All right, y'all. That was... The longest podcast so far, fuck. I mean, we're only like an hour away from like Rogan status. So, man, good talk. Good talk to Michelle. We will, uh, fuck, we'll be back again with another episode. And we're going to do two episodes a week until I can't get anybody to fucking talk to anymore. So I love y'all. I appreciate everyone's time. Thanks for listening. And uh, masturbation to the top, baby. Let's go.